Welcome to the Canadian Pizza Podcast, hosted by Canadian Pizza Magazine, the voice of the Canadian independent pizzeria, which delivers to the industry the latest information on market trends, research, recipes, innovations, news, and new products. You've tuned in to hear compelling conversations with people influencing the pizza industry in Canada. Welcome to the Canadian Pizza Podcast. Today we're going to talk about government financial support for small businesses uh, during this COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, With the pandemic restrictions in place, these are unprecedented and uncertain times for Canadian small businesses. As owner and operator of a pizzeria, you may be wondering what programs are available to help tide your business over as efforts continue to fight the spread of coronavirus. We'll take a look at the financial compensation measures recently put in place by the federal and Ontario government, just as an example of one of the province's measures, uh, to provide relief to small businesses, including pizzerias, restaurants, and bakery cafes, adversely affected by the shutdown. With measures changing rapidly, this podcast will bring operators up to speed for the moment uh, on their options for financial compensation. Helping us navigate the government programs is Bonnie Cable, who is a chartered professional accountant and a certified general accountant. Bonnie is president of AKR Consulting Canada, a Mississauga, Ontario firm specializing in government grants, subsidies, tax credits, refunds, and rebates since 2003. Welcome, Bonnie. Thank you for joining us. Well, thank you very much for having me today. Great. Well, I'll just get to it. At CanadianPizzaMag.com, listeners can find a breakdown uh, from you of the federal and Ontario programs available. But Bonnie, could you give us a rundown of funding that is available to small businesses? Certainly, I'll be uh, very happy to do that. Um, Firstly, I want to say that I'm very happy with uh, the federal government. I think most businesses will be. So the federal bailout package to date is currently valued at 200 billion dollars. So that's a substantial amount of money. Um, So we're first going to look at something called the wage subsidy program. Um, And this is estimated to be a $25 billion program in direct spending in total. So what this program is meant to do is it's meant to help businesses that are facing losses and help prevent layoffs. So the federal government is providing a temporary wage subsidy of 75% on gross wages. So that would be any T4 employee. So the question is, how do we qualify? So in order to qualify, a business's sales must have dropped 30% from February to March. And the wage subsidy will pay 75% of wages up to $847 a week for employees for up to three months. And this compensation is retroactive to March 15, 2020. Um, The number of employees doesn't matter. That's not a factor at all. And at this time, details are still forthcoming. So what we were expecting was we were expecting this to um, be on the government's website by the end of the month. And it's still not there. But, you know, I'm expecting that it will be up there this week. So this program, it would apply to any businesses, any restaurants, bakeries, pizzerias that are remaining open uh, for takeout only and that they'll have employees working. 
I see. I think that's a huge program. So the next program we're going to look at, so what we're going to do is we're going to look at another program called the EI Work Sharing Program, and then we'll, we'll discuss an example of how the two can be used. So the EI Work Sharing Program, it provides EI benefits to workers who have reduced hours um, during this COVID-19 crisis. So under the Work Sharing Program, employees agree to work a reduced number of hours per week, and they're compensated by EI for these reduced hours. Uh, the EI program has been around for years, and the government is extending the availability of this program to 76 weeks or almost a year and a half. And wow. they're making it, yeah, they're making this program very easy for businesses to apply um, to allow them to get back on their feet. That's what really this is about. So we're going to look at an example. So um, in this example, Joe, he's the owner of a pizzeria. He has two employees that usually work 40 hours a week, and they're now only working 20 hours a week. Joe can apply for work sharing for his two employees uh, to cover the additional 20 hours that his employees are not working. So that allows the employees to top up their salary, meet their weekly, their monthly expenses, and, and keep going. Um, so the work share program and the wage subsidy program, they can strategically be used for the same business so that they can keep all of their employees and recover from the COVID-19 crisis with their labor force hopefully intact. So firstly, employees who are working there, will, um, will, we're going to look at the ones that uh, fall under the wage subsidy program. Um, so um, Joe the owner of the pizzeria, let's look at another example. He has five employees in total. Three employees are working full-time hours during the COVID-19 crisis, so they would qualify for the wage subsidy of 75%. The other two employees, they're working reduced hours and will be paid for 20 hours and collect EI benefits under the work sharing program for 20 hours. So let's add some dollars to that to make it even more real. So if Joe's sales for the month of February were $40,000 and they've declined to $20,000 in March, Joe will qualify for the uh, wage subsidy program because his sales have declined by, by more than 30%. So if Joe's payroll is usually $16 an hour for 40 hours for five employees, that would work out to $3,200 a week or over a four-week month, that would be $12,800 a month. So under the wage subsidy program, payroll for the three employees would be reduced from 640 a week to 160 a week for the three employees, or $1,920 a month. And for the EI program, the two employees that were earning 640 a week would now be earning 320 a week or 2560 a month. So Joe's total payroll, which in February was 12,800, it will reduce to $4,460. So while Joe's sales have reduced um, between February and March, they've reduced 50%, his total payroll is reduced 66%, which is just it's huge. 
Right. You haven't seen that before. We haven't seen that before in uh, in any government program, similar government program. No, no. So I, I think what what um, business owners need to do is they need to sit down with this information and really look at it and look how it can strategically be used. Because by using the combination of the two programs, um, you can reduce your cost considerably and still keep those employees that you really want to keep. I mean, we all know it's a challenge to, to find employees, um, to, to keep good employees. I mean, getting employees trained up is a very hard task, right? So you mm-hmm. definitely want to keep your employees, you know, during this crisis. Yes, and I'll just add that that was probably the number one challenge um, that we were hearing from pizzerias and restaurants definitely before all this happened. So it's, it's interesting how much can change in two weeks. Uh, absolutely. You're right. Um, yeah, how much has changed in two weeks? So the wage subsidy program two weeks ago, it was only 10%, and now it's gone up to 75 which I think is um, a really great big move of our government. Um, I also want to add to this that Joe, the uh, the owner, um, we might be asking, you know, does Joe qualify for the wage subsidy? And if Joe is a T4 employee and um, payroll deductions are being made from his his pay, he definitely uh, would fall under the, the um, wage subsidy program. Oh, that's very good to know. Lots of owner-operators out there <laughs> doing, doing <laughs> carrying a lot of the, the workload. So in addition to this, uh, there's other taxes that are, are being deferred. There's there's a bunch of tax deferrals, right? So the big one is for any business, I think, would be wages. Um, there's a deferral of GST, HST payments. So all GST, HST um, payments, they have been deferred to June 30th of 2020. And that's regardless of how often you remit your payment. You could be remitting on a monthly pay, pay uh, basis, um, a quarterly basis, an annual basis, it's not due until June 30th of this year. Okay. Which is great news. Um, there, sorry, go ahead. Oh, there are a few other there are a few other uh, deferrals. So, uh, in Ontario, and I would imagine this would be the same for other provinces as well. Um, other taxes have been deferred as well. So, employer health tax, and that um, that would pertain to businesses with a payroll of over 490,000. Um, there's, there's an employer health tax, which is about a 2% surcharge on your, uh, on your taxes. So what has happened with, um, with employer health tax? The first thing they've done is they've, they've raised the limit as to when you need to start paying HST. So they've raised it from 490,000 this year to $1 million. So there's a lot of small business out there that that would pay a small portion that are not going to need to pay any EHT this year. So that's that's big news. The other great news is for companies that do need to pay EHT, um, payments for April, May, June, and July, they have all been uh, deferred until August this year. And also, uh, WSIB has been deferred until August of this year as well. So that that's great news. We just have a lot of deferrals to allow businesses to get back on their toes. Right. 
Now, I want to ask, are, are there some potential drawbacks when you defer payments? Um, from, from what I'm reading, because there are no penalties or interest associated with this, and I also want to mm-hmm. throw in property taxes. Property taxes have been deferred as well. In property tax deferrals, it really depends on the municipality. So what you would need to do is um, call your city councillor or email your city councillor. It might be easier than, than checking the website for, uh, for most people. Uh, you could find out how long the deferral is. I know in the City of Toronto, the deferral for property taxes is 60 days starting March 16th. Um, our business is in Mississauga. The deferral in Mississauga is 90 days. So I think a deferral from what I'm seeing is absolutely fine as long as you're not paying interest on these deferrals and you're not paying interest on these deferrals. So I don't really see it being an issue. Okay, great. Yeah, I think it's from not, the government... It's not going to build up. No, I think from the government perspective, it's all about getting, you know, allowing a business to get back on your toes. Um, if a business is doing fine, I would say make your payments. If you if you have the money, make your payments because what's going to happen is you're just moving that payment into the future and you're going to have to pay more money in the future. So if you have the money now, make the payments now. Right. All right. Good advice. Now, can I uh, I'll ask you a question now about uh, uh, independent delivery contractors, which is pretty common in this in this industry? Is there any special help? Uh, is there any special help available for them, or any advice for them? Oh yeah, there's a there's a program. Um, it is called the Canadian Emergency Response Benefit. And that is a benefit. So if anyone is uh, is self-employed and they earned more than $5,000 last year, they would qualify for $2,000 a month. From what we're reading, it's a a flat fee amount for up to four months. Mm. And that is, uh, again, (laughs) the information is supposed to be on the government website already on how to apply. So I would would have a look at the government website and um, the federal government website for more details, but you'll you'll definitely be able to qualify for that. Ah, uh, yeah, that's good advice. It's a changing daily, so <laughs> <laughs> it is. Yeah, uh, Bonnie, do you think it's likely the government will extend these programs past the current expiry dates? They very well could be. I mean, we've already we've already seen one extension, right? Or or one increase in funding, and that was really the the wage subsidy. So the wage subsidy mm-hmm. started at 10%, and then I think when the government saw the magnitude of the problem, they um, they increased it to 75%. Um, another interesting comment that Justin Trudeau made during one of his speeches is he said that, you know, Canada has been putting money away um, into uh, into a, a special account for for a rainy day and he said that you know this is a rainy day and that's where he says this funding is coming from is money mm-hmm. that has been set aside for years so i would i would definitely imagine what the government wants to see is they want to see us come out of this strong they definitely don't want us to come out of this crisis with a lot of employment uh, or sorry, unemployment. They would like to see businesses be able to get back on their toes. They would like to see things get 
back to some sort of um, normalcy. And in order to do that, I mean, you're going to have to cough up some money. And if more money needs to be provided, I'm sure more money will be by both uh, the federal and the provincial government. Mm. That's encouraging, encouraging words. Um, What's the best way, we should talk about other provinces as well as Ontario, what's the best way to learn about programs if you're in other provinces? I think what we can do if you're you're in agreement is I can just um, send you some links for the various provinces. And I, I would use Ontario as a model, like the, the, the deferrals you're seeing here with the provincial taxes and the property taxes. I'm sure you're going to see in other provinces as well, but I can definitely um, forward those links to you so people can have a look on, uh, on the website and get that information. Oh, thank you. That would be great. Uh, and just to review, we do. Just to review, we do have uh, Bonnie's article online, and she's been uh, providing us with updates. And in the next issue of Canadian Pizza Magazine, we'll have uh, uh, an article from Bonnie as well, um, with a little more detail about some of the programs. Um, I should just ask uh, Bonnie, uh, what what would you say is the first step operators can make right now? to take advantage of these programs? If they're not sure, they're kind of overwhelmed and maybe a little worried, what what would you define as the first step? Well, I think everyone, you know, once you get over the initial um, shock as to what's going on and you calm down a little bit, I think the, the next thing to do is to sit down. If If you're a financial person, if you're good with numbers, sit down and go through the information on the article or on the website and make sense of it. And to either talk to your accountant or your bookkeeper or give us a call because it'll help you get some kind of plan in place to find out, okay, here's what I qualify for. Now how do I execute it? Um, Another program that I I need to mention as well that will be opening, should be opening this week, is called the Canadian Emergency Business Account. Um, So I would encourage businesses as well to reach out to their bank. So what the bank is supposed to be offering small businesses across Canada is a $40,000 interest-free loan for the first year. So if you keep that money beyond, keep that loan beyond this year, There'll be interest on it, but I mean, for the first year, it's going to be interest-free, and that can that can really help a lot of businesses get back on their toes. Yes, yes, could be could be a life raft for some. That's great. I think so. Now, uh, I'll I'll ask it. This may be well beyond the scope of what we've been talking about today. Um, but do you have any advice for operators who are who may be considering closing for good? Well, I think before the making that decision, you probably want to sit down with an accounting professional and and have a look at your financial situation and to make sure that that is the best decision. Um, because it really depends on on why you're closing down. Are you closing down because of current the current economic circumstances? And if that's the case, then perhaps there's some of these programs that you could take advantage of, such as, um, you know, if you're a small independent person, the Canadian Emergency uh, Response Benefit of $2,000, maybe that's going to help you out along with uh, 
with um, an interest-free loan of $40,000, maybe that's going to help you get by, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a few other um, notes that I would make. The other, A couple other important notes are to speak to your landlord or if you own a building, whoever is handling your mortgage. There are a lot of deferrals on mortgage payments. And, you know, if you're able to um, to defer your mortgage payments or to get a break on your rent, that can make the difference between closing the doors and remaining open. Mm, good point. Yes. Yeah, and I, I think the other thing to do is um, to actually speak to um, to speak to your insurance broker as well. You know, because their your insurance can be deferred, and there actually could possibly be some coverage um, with regards to uh, your business being being closed or partially closed. Right. Yeah. That this would be a, would there be a model in there from uh, the time of the SARS outbreak or? Uh, um, a model to follow in terms of um, what's covered and what's not, I guess. Uh, oh, for insurance. For insurance. So, yeah. Uh, so what what has happened? So like I reached out to my insurance agent and and what she had to say to me was. Um, They've taken pandemics out of this, uh, out of your business, what they call business interruption insurance. So all businesses have what you call business interruption insurance. And that would be if there's any, you know, unforeseen circumstance that happens in the regular course of business. However, it can't be a pandemic and it can't be an act of God. Um, What could qualify for business interruption could be something like your your actual premises let's say somebody came in and, and they ended up having having coronavirus and as a result your business needs to shut down for that reason that would actually qualify for business interruption insurance and that would be a reason to go talk to your insurance broker or agent oh I see sort of specific um, specific incidents <laughs> correct yeah and, you know, while you have the time, because I think a lot of us have a bit more time these days, why not give your insurance company a call and just get up to date on your policy and what you yeah. do qualify for? Yeah, it's a good idea. Can uh, mm-hmm. maybe calm some of your concerns. Oh, exactly, exactly. Well, thank you for helping us better understand these financial programs, Bonnie. Colleen, you're you're very welcome. Listeners, if you need more in-depth information about government grants, subsidies, tax credits, refunds or rebates, or anything that was talked about today, you can reach out to Bonnie at AKR Consulting Canada, and that's AKR Consulting, www.akrconsulting.com. Thanks for listening to the Canadian Pizza Podcast. You can find us at CanadianPizzaMag.com and on SoundCloud. Let us know what you think and what you'd like to hear on future podcasts. Thank you for listening to the Canadian Pizza Podcast, hosted by Canadian Pizza Magazine.